0: That scripture reading will be Acts 24, verses 24 and 25. Acts 24, 24 and 25. After, and after some days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent to, for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. What shall a man be profited if he should gain the whole world? and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The words of Jesus in Matthew 16 and verse 26. Have you ever wondered about why doesn't saving gospel save? Why doesn't saving gospel save? When you look at the book of Acts, it is a book of conversion. A book of conversion. Being convicted concerning Jesus and converted to Christ is the most important thing in all the world. Let me explain what I mean. Conviction about Jesus has to do with the fact that we are lost. That we are in sin And that apart from Jesus, we are without God and without hope, to use Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 2, especially verses 11 and 12, to be convicted that we need Jesus, that we are in sin and that we are lost and that we do not have a relationship with God apart from Christ. People need to be convicted. And it's through the gospel that people can be convicted that they are lost and in sin and need Christ. Conversion is a little different. Based on the conviction that we have concerning Jesus, conversion has to do with turning to Jesus based on what the Bible says. Turning to Jesus based on what the Bible says is the answer to what must I do to be saved. Now when we look at the book of Acts, there is a tremendous emphasis on hearing the gospel, believing the gospel, turning from one's sins as responding to the gospel, acknowledging with one's mouth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and being immersed in water for the forgiveness of sins. But I want you to know that despite the greatest message the world will ever know, the message of Jesus and His gospel, not every person who heard that message responded positively. There are cases of non-conversion in a book full of conversions Like Acts. And tonight I briefly want to focus on two of those instances. Because what happened with these individuals that may have caused them not to respond positively to the message of Jesus and the gospel may be part of the reason some do not respond to Jesus and the gospel today. Now let me put it this way. The problem in the book of Acts was never with the preacher. That's not always true today. No wonder the emphasis on preaching the Word and doing this with all long-suffering and doctrine. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. Declaring the whole counsel of God, Acts 20 and verse 27. But you know, some people don't come to Christ because of you. One of the best advertisements for Christianity are Christians. And one of the worst advertisements for Christianity are some Christians. What a tragedy. I would hate to think that I ever got in the way of a precious soul, with my attitude or action, I got in their way from coming to Christ. But that can happen. But here's what I want you to know. That despite what a preacher may say or do, or despite what a member of the church of Christ may say or do, There is nothing in the world more important than being convicted of our sin and lostness and turning to Christ. The problem remains. No matter what humans may have said or done that could get in your way. It is not worth being lost because you may have been mistreated. ...or misinformed. Turn in your Bible, if you would, to Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24, and we'll focus briefly on Felix and his wife, Drusilla. Acts 24, verses 22 through 27... You heard Brian as he read the Scripture reading. Paul is preaching. He preaches about faith in Christ. And his lesson especially consists of three very powerful points. He reasoned with Felix concerning righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come. And certainly Paul's lesson had an impact, an immediate impact on Felix. Depending upon the translation you're reading from, he was frightened. He was terrified. He was greatly alarmed. The word in Greek is the word emphabos. Emphabos. Phobos. Phobia. He was fearful because he talked about righteousness and how God's commands are righteous. Psalm 119, 172 through 176. He talked about self-control and Felix was a fellow who had exhibited little of it. If you study him and there are historians of the time who say he was probably the worst Roman leader In the world. He had the heart of a mission of a mercenary. He had the heart of injustice where he really didn't care anything about people. And Drusilla, his wife, was known for her great beauty. She would go through multiple marriages. Can't help but think of Proverbs 11.22. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. You know who Drusilla was? She was the youngest daughter of three daughters of Herod Agrippa I. She comes from the family of the Herods certainly one of the most notorious families in the New Testament. Herod Agrippa I was the Herod that beheaded James, the son of Zebedee, Acts 12. He was the Herod that imprisoned Peter, undoubtedly wanting to kill him eventually. He was the Herod who was eaten of worms because he didn't give God the glory. Herod Agrippa I, that's her dad. So Felix is a mercenary who doesn't care about justice and the things of God. He's a man full of lust and he has a trophy wife that probably doesn't have much sense. And he is trying Paul. Now here are two things I want you to understand about Felix and his unconversion. And then we'll look at another case and three more possibilities about non-conversion. Felix was not converted in part due to procrastination. When we are introduced to him, he's putting things off. When this chapter comes to a conclusion, he is putting things off concerning Paul. Two years Paul waits for some kind of statement to be made by Felix, and eventually Felix just turns him over to Festus and Herod Agrippa II. Procrastination. Procrastinators are the leaders of tomorrow, pardon the pun. People who put things off. If nothing in all the world is more important than conviction and conversion to Christ, procrastination is a terrible, terrible mistake. Today, if you hear His voice, harden not your heart. Hebrews chapter 3 would state. Here's the second possibility. Why people would remain unconverted that hear the gospel? Now think about this. He was alarmed. He trembled. He was really afraid. Some more convenient season, we'll talk more about this. But notice that the passage goes on to say he hoped that Paul would give him money, a bribe. And then for the next two years he would often have Paul to come in and speak with him. Felix had an issue with values. There may have been something about Paul to which he was attracted but when Paul started talking about righteousness, self-control and the judgment to come, at this very moment in history Felix was under indictment to the emperor of Rome. And Paul is basically saying there comes a time when you'll have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Felix didn't want to think about that. It was foreign to His value system. Open your Bibles now to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, verses 24 through 32. I think about it. And I suspect that many people who hear the truth of the gospel proclaimed by people, preached or taught by people that love Jesus imperfect as we are, but they still fail to respond. Some do so simply out of procrastination. But others do so because it is a completely foreign world that we are talking about. You see, Felix, Cody knew a lot about unrighteousness and a lack of self-control and passing judgment on others, but not about the judgment to come, righteousness and self-control and faith in Christ. It was a foreign language and it was one that he was afraid to explore more deeply. Now Acts 26... Festus, Herod Agrippa II, and Bernice. A word or two about Herod Agrippa II. He's the son of Herod Agrippa I that I've already talked about. Not only is he the son of Herod Agrippa I, the Herod in Acts chapter 12... Bernice is the daughter of Herod Agrippa I. And so what I am saying is, and you know this is interesting, you talk about uh, when in Rome do as the Romans, even the Romans found incest to be something reprehensible. And yet, Agrippa II and Bernice are brother and sister. And they are living in a relationship like husband and wife. Bernice would go through a number of husbands and be the lover of General Titus, the Roman general who would bring Jerusalem to the ground in A.D. seventy. So what am I getting at here? Here's what I'm getting at. Again, you have the influence of Herod's family. From Herod the Great trying to kill Jesus, from Herod the Great and others, you've got one Herod, one person in this family after another who has an opportunity to come to Jesus, but they won't. Now as we look at this section of Scripture, let me give you three more possibilities as to why saving gospel won't save some. Why some just seem to reject it. Some reject the gospel because of the outward trappings of success. When you look at Acts 26... This is so obvious. Paul is in chains, y'all. The Christian, the servant of the Lord, even though he has committed no crime, and they know he hasn't. They know he has done nothing. Certainly deserving of death. Felix knows it. Festus knows it. Herod Agrippa II knows it. Bernice knows it. They know it. But can you imagine, it was probably in the palace of Herod the Great, the one that Herod the Great built. There's Agrippa II and Bernice, and there's all kinds of pomp and circumstance as Paul is to be tried before these great dignitaries, leaders. But here's something I'd like to say, and I hope you'll listen. No person is truly a success who isn't convicted and converted to Christ. They may achieve much in this old world. But no person is truly a success who isn't convicted and converted to our Lord and Savior. So think of the irony of the situation because Paul was as rich as he could be and yet he's in chains. And they are wearing the finest clothes and they have everything they want and they're the kind of people that could have been on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous years ago. But they're not right with God and Paul wants them to be. Again, Some people are concerned about what others may think. Too concerned about it. When one looks at verses 26 and 27, Herod Agrippa II knew the prophets according to Paul. He he speaks up and he says, I know you know the prophets. I know that you're aware of the things that have been done concerning Jesus. I know that you have some understanding of the way. Why does Agrippa say, almost, you persuade me to be a Christian? Don't you know that Paul talked to him about the blood of Jesus and the cross? Don't you know that he talked with him about being part of the family of God And how much greater that is than the Herodian family. And I believe that Herod Agrippa's words are sincere. There's only two or three possibilities for interpreting the statement, almost, you persuade me to be a Christian. One is he's being sarcastic. Another is something like this. Do you think with just this one lesson, I'm going to become a follower of Christ... But I believe that Agrippa was moved by the things that Paul said. And he said, almost. And Paul said, I don't want you to be almost a Christian, but altogether such a one even as I am, except without these chains. Some people are too worried about what others may think. And they're not worried enough about being convicted and converted to Christ, life's most important matter. Lastly, some people think all of their questions have to be answered and that they are the smartest guy ...that enters any room. That seems to be the outlook of Festus. That every question has got to be answered fully... ...before he'll make a commitment. And that he is the smartest person that enters into every room. He says in this passage... ...Oh Paul, your much learning has made you mad... You know what he's saying? What a follow-up to this morning's lesson. You've got people that are out of their minds in Judges 17 and 18, and you've got a person accusing the Apostle Paul of being out of his mind in Acts chapter 26. You're out of your mind. Paul addresses that matter and he says, I'm speaking rationally. And I'm speaking about, again, the most important thing in all the world... ...conviction and conversion to Christ. I want to say this to every intelligent person that I know. You do not have to have every conceivable question you may have about God... ...and His Word answered fully before you come to Christ... But you do have to know what God says to do to be saved based on the gracious provision of Jesus Christ. And you need to respond. You can have the rest of your life, good Lord willing, to investigate all the problems and all the questions that you have. And listen, friend. As a person that's pursued that from the time I first became a Christian many years ago, the God that I serve is a whole lot bigger and greater than my mind. My God is always reasonable. My God is always rational. But His ways are beyond my ability to fully begin to comprehend And I believe that will be the response of anybody that comes to know more about Jesus and his gospel. Eternity. Or this world. Paul spoke of Demas who who had forsaken me having loved this present world. 2 Timothy 4 verse 10. The Bible talks about friendship with the world as enmity or strife with God, James four verse four. The word of God speaks of being condemned with the world, in 1 Corinthians 11:32. The Bible talks about not loving the world in First John 2:15. Eternity or the world. What shall a man be profited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What does it mean to gain the world? In talking about gaining the world, we're talking about living for and loving the world to the neglect of living for and loving the lord and eternity. And so ultimately when people don't respond to the gospel the problem is that the the world has gained another adherent this world. But this world won't last. This world will burn with a fervent heat. When we place in the hands of Jesus that which we treasure the most, we can be confident that we will have that forever. Our soul, our love, a desire to have a relationship with Him. And if we hold on, if we hold on to the world, we're going to have to let go. Because we're all going to leave this world in death. The world, eternity. Don't let the non-conversions in a book of conversions be true of your heart and soul. Let us stand and sing.